0: Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm, We told you never saw, men in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Good old boys. I'm Mark. Bog Beef. Fredo. Greetings, gamers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Does everybody drink Pepsi Max there, Tingzorg?
0: Uh, I mean, occasionally I drink Pepsi Max. I mean, what's the,
1: what, what's the deal with the Max? Is there regular Pepsi or is there just Pepsi
0: Pepsi Max is I think the um sugar free version? I've I haven't really seen like regular Pepsi now that I think about it. Yeah, this is it's a just uh, Pepsi Max.
1: This is turned into the Bepis thing for like uh Nordic people, whenever you see them in uh media or stuff, they're always on that Pepsi Max and we don't have no Pepsi Max here. So don't you know.
0: don't have Pepsi Max. Yes, we're do. What are you talking about.
1: We I don't. You I got Pepsi Max, and what do you, Merrick? Do they have Cheerwine where you're at?
2: Yeah, okay. sure, well. and and Pepsi Max. Yeah, we definitely. <laughs> Not have. Penny Food Line, baby.
3: I have definitely seen Pepsi
0: Max. Well, see, beef. Have. like, stop with the fake news here, like exactly.
1: Things. Uh, let's see. Quick <laughs> note here uh, about statue. Um. People talking about uh, these, you know, we got to get rid of these statues, the Civil War guys. <clears throat> Julius Caesar put people in slavery, and you guys still be eating his salad dressing. <laughs> uh, know, just a little small note there. I mean, a lot of people who uh, feel a very certain way about um, Civil War generals. Julius Caesar put millions of people in slavery. Millions. Anyways, no, that's let you get going. <clears throat> uh, we're joined tonight with Tink Zork. This is a special, uh, special thing. We just recorded and uh, he was still around, for, and he was willing to grace us. So if you guys have any questions for him as a special live guest.
2: I, I, well, I have a statement for him. We're, we're live now. There's no bleeping, so he's, he's going to have to chill out.
0: Oh, my God. You got to play my by feels. Bezos' rules. Yeah. I will try to, you know, um, here I have to make one observation. Like people talk about the N-word pass all the time. Like it's actually real, but it's not. It's really not. Because even if you technically should have such a pass, (laughs) never have one because like white liberals will get too mad at you.
2: Yeah. Could you like send the 23andMe to to Jeff Bezos (laughs) to get yourself unbanned? Like would that
0: work? Uh, yeah, you know, you would think so, but you can't actually. Like the the the, the existence of the N word pass is just a myth. Like you know, because again, like white libs, they they will just come down on you like a ton of bricks. This reminds me of Larry confession. Elder lost it. Yeah,
1: remember yeah, they it... they uncovered secret radio of Larry Elder using the N word, which is a real campaign <laughs> killer for. <laughs>
3: Shocking that a guy that grew up in Compton would. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we it's it's amazing because everything moves so fast every time you feel like the craziest thing in the world's happening you just forget it, it, it but you know they make you remember of all their shit like constantly but th- that was a real high watermark playing the uh you know the n-word card about a fucking larry elder sorry
2: well i was gonna say you know but speaking of but because i haven't i haven't signed up for it and done it myself but piecing from family members of, of half i pieced together and i'm i'm POC. I'm at between twenty and thirty three percent Scots Irish. Damn. It was it, it was horrifying. I've, um, that is <laughs> that's
3: significant. Welcome
1: welcome to the family.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I'm going to start stealing love caps tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I saw a bunch of people adding me. a Bunch of with these the Ulster signs and stuff in, in North Ireland. There were was talking about um. All the old like like because uh, I guess people have been silent for the past thirty years, thinking the the uh, the unionists were based, and it's like no, all their <laughs> their 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 uh, their murals and stuff are in fact not based at all, <laughs> uh, and the unionists are. Um, but yeah, so we should we should just get into stories because I, I think that'd be the most interesting. Part. Well, I don't have the button, so oh, you have to hit the button. I me. do
2: before, before that, somebody requested this. I, I think we should just we should just take a look at it. Because our, our listeners demanded. I guess this won't well, translate well to people who are listening on Patreon, but uh, there's an article about Russian rednecks. And uh, I was just thinking, these are okay. These, this first one is okay, Ray, right? Yeah. Hey, but you can tell there's something not quite right about it, right? Ray looks a little too Russian. Yeah, but th- it's fine.
1: But it, look, look at this guy. Oh, he looks perfect.
3: I've nailed that it. That guy got- doesn't look like he's got a drop of Slav in him. Yeah, the, the problem.
2: <laughs> I didn't want to say that.
1: Right. So the hat the hat works. The problem is he's got no toolbox. To be honest. There's, oh, uh, that just
2: is what's missing. Yeah, like a nice. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. If you've read uh, uh, Jim Webb's J- no toolbox, see that's the thing. You would never ever if you had that truck in America and you're redneck, you would never not have a tool. You must have a toolbox, and you're probably gonna have a grill guard, and it's probably gonna be a ranch hand which which you should have but that, that's a nice truck i was reading they said that like this is like actually like a tough hobby for russians because russian roads aren't really wide enough for american trucks um, yeah this guy has a
2: 250 with the king cab and he's gliding around moscow streets that's dedication he's he's got the pretty good look too there
1: yeah he's got, the camo
2: pattern that's not right got, that's not a real tree
1: yeah, you got you got you got to get the toolbox. And someone sent this to us, and they said, "Did you guys know about this?" And that, and you know, in the article, they said they had first gotten into this from Smokey and the Bandit. And the person that sent this Who to is. me, I had sent them a a a a document before, where I said, "You need you your Russian ass needs to watch Smokey and the Bandit." Because I know this is this will this will do. Are you saying do. you made? Wait, you happen? sent
3: them a document. Like, did you send them like a certified like? No, a, no. The, the person like, a court the, complaint no, demand what? like for an injunction forcing them to watch Smokey and the Bandit.
1: I should have, but I had had a record for months before where I said you need to watch Smokey and the Bandit. Um, who's that girl you like that's in there? Sally Field.
2: What? Who likes?
0: Yeah, who? Likes-
1: Merrick particularly likes Sally Field.
2: Oh, you mean like in Smokey and the Bandit? Yeah, She. Uh, wait, are we talking about? She looks like Mary Ann from Gilligan's Island. Are you getting us confused?
1: No, no. But you you particularly like Sally Field.
2: I I don't I don't ever remember saying that. But okay. Well,
1: I thought you did. Well, let's um yeah, it's a, it's It'd a have good,
2: been funny if I agreed with him. Sorry, it's a good
1: story. And one of the things in in Jim Webb's fighting, uh, Jim Webb's born fighting is he says that um you don't have to be Scott Cyrus to adopt. Scott's Irish culture. In fact, you probably have no idea if you have done that. It's just kind of a, it's just sort of a the working class American culture.
2: Um, but let's start it. Oh, you you may hit the. See, oh, here we go.
1: New York Times, one hour ago. 7 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. Moscow is pessimistic about reaching an accord with the United States on Ukraine, but talk continues. Uh, CBS News U.S. rejects Russia's demands amid growing tension with Ukraine.
2: There were a lot of videos of them moving military hardware in the last two days, but, I mean, I, I don't know what that means. That that can just, that's just a way to like rattle the saber, right? Like, does anybody have any, any inside information about this?
3: I don't, I mean, I, I don't know whether to believe it or not, but one of the theories I've heard kicked around is like, you know, they're, they're mobilizing troops in that area constantly. And that what they've been doing over the past week isn't that far outside of the normal, uh, you know, troop levels they'd have floating around again. I'm not, not saying that's an accurate statement.
0: Yeah. I don't know either. I think that like most interesting part here really is how like, on the strategic level, how weak the U.S. has become. Because if you if you think about like the Ukraine situation, George W. Bush um, extended this sort of haphazard, you know, kind of halfway an invitation, but not really one. Kinda, maybe, sorta. You can join NATO um, in 2008, and he did it to Ukraine and Georgia. And we're at the point really where. Um, you know, imperial policy is just so discombobulated. Um, Like you, you sort of say that. Well, everyone has a right to join NATO, but also, if you exercise that right, you're actually not going to join NATO because you'll be vetoed by the French and the Spanish and the Germans, and we won't defend you if you do get invaded. Like everyone has come out and said that already. So, like, like, what was the point of all of it?
1: We we have to bring up the actions of the german greens i think right like like what like what why is this happening right now <clears throat> most likely this is i i think most likely this is happening right now because um europeans are are especially i, I think especially germans but I, I don't know maybe you can help me Maybe uh, i guess the rest uh whatever germany i know from particular they're paying out the ass right now for their heating bills the winter and they had just the green party there who is all like the conservatives in Germany are kind of like conservatives in America. We, we like, we're not like, I wouldn't say pro Russia, but eh, you know, who cares? It's fine. It's the Russians that you, you probably feel, but if you're American conservatives, you feel better about Russia, much, much better than you do about China and the, and libs in america hate russia and this also is the case in germany and the libs especially the greens there despise russia but they've also turned off their nuclear power plants there because of green concerns uh, which are unfounded and because of this now they need this russian gas and this has caused russia to have a lot more uh power in this moment and they can they can flex and that's what they're doing right i mean would you, you guys disagree with that
3: I mean that's definitely true. Yeah, I mean the the whole. I mean the fact that this whole Nord Stream two pipeline is happening effectively over the U.S.'s objections, right? Like I, I think Biden at the last minute kind of said, "Okay, yeah, we're okay with this," because it was happening with or without him. But uh, yeah, it's all a testament to everything you just said. All that gives them a lot more. Inf-
0: yeah. The the problem here is like there's not really that much alter- in in terms of alternatives, like the u s has um, obviously its own natural gas production, but um, if you want to transport natural gas without a pipeline, you need to liquefy it first, which you know consumes a lot of energy. I think the the number I've heard is essentially you know forty percent of the total energy of of the natural gas is used in the process of conversion and recon and uh, if we're being completely honest here, given like this sort of the the general situation, the not so very stable situation in in the United States, like being dependent on the U.S. for you know basic energy needs, like that's not a winner at all. Yeah, like, you'd I, be create
3: you'd be crazy to not want Nord two if you were in Europe.
0: Yeah, like the, the 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 American supply is never gonna be particularly reliable given given the situation. So. It's uh, it, it it's it's just like different bad choices essentially.
3: I mean, even just given geography.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I just there's there's a deeper problem here too with the with Russia, which is like the goal of and and the goal of Anglo sort of foreign policy since like the the 19th century has been to and, and this was influenced a lot by a book called like. I can't remember the exact name, but it's, you've probably heard of him, like, Mayer, and he, like, the impact of sea power upon yeah, history. Mayan,
2: uh, Mayen, uh, yeah, Mayen, Mayen.
0: Mayen, exactly. And, and like, according to his theories, like, the, the really sort of truncated version is that um, if you are a sea power, like, you've got it, you're in the catbird seat. Essentially, like being a sea power rules, except if someone managed to sort of turn all of, you know, the continental, the world island, essentially the Eurasian continent against you. And like the constant bugbear of of like British foreign policy and then in a way, um, American foreign policy, especially after the Cold War, has been like preventing an, an an accord between Germany Like Berlin and Moscow, and that's kind of something playing out underneath the surface here. It's not just about Germans. Oh, they're so dumb, damn stupid. Don't they understand that like the Americans are on their side or whatever? No, this is the Germans like being fairly um, cold-hearted realists about um, like which team do we or like which side do we get the most out of
2: the the only conflict i could understand with russia would be like i guess over resources in the arctic like that's not that i could think that that we like as a country would would have with them because there are resources there that we're probably going to compete over. but like the for, as for the rest like this makes no sense I, I it makes no sense to me why we wouldn't want better relations with russia uh to kind of try to keep them out of the arms of, of china because if if they're if they're a, form a block again. That's not going to be good for us. But you know, I, I don't. I don't know the all the considerations here. I, I, I don't. I don't give a damn about the Ukraine. I don't. I don't see why we should. It has really has nothing to do with us. To, to expend all this, uh, expend all this political capital, and you know, have a potential war happen over what saber rattling about spheres of influence makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, but. But this is kind of the problem. Like, if you look at someone like uh John Mearsheimer, a very famous uh realist in political theory, his entire like he his entire shtick in the mid-2010s was well, people say that there's a huge sort of conflict between Russia and uh, and the US, but it's just temporary, it's transient because like geostrategic imperatives mean that like the americans really need the russians to balance against china and there's a lot of like historical precedent for the russians like they they have never been great friends of the chinese uh for the last like 300 years or so like relationships have been pretty strained but the problem <laughs> is uh if you I, I i i always laughed when i when i heard Mearsheimer say stuff like that because i thought like you know just look around you man like this is not this is not how things are going currently but uh, he's changed his tune like now he says yeah you know america we like america basically can't have a coherent foreign policy anymore it's just it's just all everything is screwed <laughs> like we totally took this essentially like open playing field and then we decided to score a totally needless own goal uh And, like, there's this, uh, we we talked about this earlier before we started streaming, I think, but when you look at, like, the bad parts of of different types of regimes, so democracies have, um, like, positive aspects when they're, like, ran well by a, you know, moral polity and so on, but they also have fairly negative aspects when they're ran poorly, such as, you know, blood first, while monarchies have their own sets and pros and cons in their, like, well-functioning and badly functioning version. And oligarchies, which is what the U.S. is now in the sort of classical schema, one of the bad parts when you have a bad oligarchy is that there's no, there's no way to actually get um, coherent policy through. Like if you have a really bad democracy, you're going to get somewhat of a coherent policy. It's just going to be a really bad one. But, you know, the people are like their minds are inflamed by the words of uh, uh, all of these demagogues who say we should like we should declare war on Sparta or whatever. And then you just Athens gets its shits kicked in. But a bad oligarchy is one where um, like you have no central will. It's just like. All of the different parts doing their own thing according to their own imperative, with no, like, they don't care about the bigger picture. So, if you take Afghanistan, after you know, the US got kicked out of Afghanistan pretty in a pretty sh- shameful display, the new policy from Washington towards Afghanistan is basically to embargo the country and, um, you know starve the afghanis but the problem is afghanistan borders iran and they've been talking a lot about china like you know china is our biggest strategic partner like if you decide to starve afghanistan the only thing that's going to happen is that like china or iran like two of of the us's enemies are going to sweep in with their like food packets whatever and then congrats you just handed the country over to your enemies uh, in a much like more profound way than you 've already done, but the problem is like the state department they love sanctions because it gives them something to do, and they don 't really care about like where the u s will be in 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 ten years or whatever like they only care about you know this is my uh, uh, like field of expertise now I can pretend like i 'm doing something useful, and so they can pay me the big bucks
1: yeah this this is uh, I think this is one of the key insights. Uh, from the patronage theory stuff about like why does America make decisions like this? Well, because there's nothing called America that makes the there's all kinds of random competing interests. If you think back to the Tu22 story, uh, it like there's just not a singular America that makes decisions. There's there's all kinds of different people there there's Kind of a China that makes decisions. There's definitely a Russia that makes decisions. There's not an America that makes this. Uh, I think we could. Uh, this this will just keep going on to the point. But um, can you give me the button? Berlin, January twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. After weeks of scrutiny for its less than firm diplomatic stance against Russia, the German government announced that it would send five thousand combat helmets to help the Ukraine defend itself in case of an attack by Moscow. It's a clear signal. We are on your side," said Christine <laughs> Lambrecht, Germany's defense minister, said after a parliamentary meeting on Wednesday where she announced the donation. Uh everyone in Kiev was kind of just like uh, stunned and like like what the hell are you what like what what the what the hell are you talking about? Their
3: defense minister is from the Green Party, right? From the Polish <laughs> a- government
1: that's a great idea there, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: the, you missed the best part of that story. The uh, the, the Kiev mayor and former world champion boxer Vitali Klitschko, Mr. Dem- Mitchell's mis- mis- joke. It's Just uh, amazing. The mayor of Kiev is the is Klitschko. But the, he ran. The, he ran it,
3: for.
0: Did he run for president at one point? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, um, you know the the current president is a comedian at least. So I mean, they they've really. Oh, yeah, that's it. right. He was a TV personality, and and it's always funny when people say, "Holy crap!" Like TV personalities are secret weapon because they that's w- who you call when like everything else fails, like to get a good government. Then it turns out that well, maybe not actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's also like
3: five two. Someone in oh the my chat God. said he's Ukrainian Paul Rudd. Yeah. They, not, not... <laughs> they,
0: they let a manlet run a country. <laughs> it's over. It's literally over, folks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Stalin was short, but he wore he wore platform <laughs> Yeah,
0: uh, the Sun King did that as well. So, I mean, manlets, like, there are exceptions that prove the rule, but, like, it's a rule for a reason.
2: all right i I got i got one for fredo if we if uh we're done with ukraine
0: the ukraine
2: sorry the ukraine now this story happened earlier in the week or maybe even last week it's january 24th so maybe you can show some on this what from what i understand the fda pulled the monoclonal antibodies the, the the treatment order for them because they say they don't work on, uh, the Omicron version of the bat flu. This seems to me like, I, I'm not, I'm not a virologist, but it seems crazy because there are still people catching the Delta strains of this. I, I know some, I know some, there are people. still
3: people catching the Alpha strain.
2: Yeah. So, uh, this Fredo to me kind of seems like they're intentionally trying to sabotage, uh, the alternative form of treatment. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Perhaps you could weigh in since you're. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it,
3: I don't even know if that's the case uh, or if it's literally just the kind of thing that it might be as simple as Florida is the state that has the uh, by far more of the clinics that offer them. Right. Like I, for people that are not in Florida, um, probably don't realize. But in Florida, if you have any symptoms at all you can just walk up to At one point there were a thousand of them statewide before the Biden administration started with supply that they were, that they would allow Florida to get, but you would be able to just roll up no appointment and on an outpatient basis, get monoclonal antibodies. It's great. Um, you know, for people who were sick and needed it. So this almost seems like it more of just sort of like a petty punishment thing uh, to Florida because it was the state that really deployed this more than anywhere else to me than any sort of like a grand scheme at this point to sort of remove it as a treatment factor, because I do believe at one point they were intentionally suppressing effective treatments, um, you know, to, to, I guess, increase, well, uptake of what we're not allowed to talk about. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I I think that time might've passed, right? Because the mandates are getting defeated. They're falling by the wayside. Employers are getting rid of them. Uh, like even employers that had them before the government through OSHA tried to mandate them um, have started, you know, pulling the mandates back. Like Starbucks just got rid of their, uh, their mandate, obviously a gigantic employer. So I don't even know. Like, I don't even think it's, it's just about increasing update uptake at this point anymore. I think it might just be like a, you know, political pettiness thing because they view, you know, obviously they view DeSantis as kind of like a thorn in their side.
2: I, I don't want to th- I'm going to share something on here and I, but I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to get us in trouble, but, uh, uh, I'm sure you guys saw this headline, Boston patient removed from heart transplant list for being unvaccinated. Uh, you you, you know, same deal. You're, you're literally punishing your enemies.
1: His doctor, his doctor advised him to not be, well, I don't want to go further.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, you could you could come at this from the and this has where- happened
3: many, many times, uh, by the way, like this is not this is not even a rare thing. This one, I don't know. I don't know exactly what causes this to pop into the news sometimes versus other times. I guess it's like anything else. You know, sometimes it's just random. Uh, but I mean, this is this has not been an uncommon occurrence that's been happening for the past few years. And it's not been the only time that the reason the guy didn't get what he was told to was because his doctor said it was dangerous for him. Uh, you know, that is not an unusual thing, and I apologize to the audience for talking in slight obscurities, but you can figure why we're doing.
2: Yeah, it, it's a it's a sad story. I got
1: I got another one on this same. Note. If you want to hit the button, I got you. Marvel star Evangeline Lilly says she attended the anti-vaccine mandate rally where RFK Jr. She's uh, I don't know what character she is but uh she was in the hobbit as well her name's evangeline lily and um you can read between the lines uh i was looking at her her, she's canadian but you can read between the lines of her wikipedia and tell she's she's an evangelical
3: yeah i I wonder if she'll get blackballed kind of like gina carano did right like i don't watch the show but gina carano like the former ufc fighter was in that like really popular star wars show uh, and they eventually dropped her entire character and wrote her out of the script. Tweeting about, I can't even remember anymore. She could, I can't remember. It was some what she had. She had gotten in hot water. It was like BLM, like, right? Yeah, I think it might have been BLM. Like she had gotten in hot water, tweeting it about a variety of things related to BLM and election fortification. And I don't know if it was BLM election fortification or vaccines that finally did her in. But like she had been on that sort of thing regularly and they seem to be really going. I don't know anything about this actress, uh, but I saw the story and the fact that I saw the story and recognized the name when Bob just read the story shows like how much they've been pounding that and hammering at home today. So somebody's really got it out for this, this girl for essentially just attending the rally. She didn't speak from what I understand or anything. She wasn't like, I don't even think she was promoted at the rally at- as like a, you know, celebrity appearance or anything. I think she was literally just a, uh, an attendee.
1: Yeah. So we've, um, we've seen that we saw this before with Gina Carano, who was, uh, one of the most popular stars for, uh, Disney. And this, this is kind of one of their, their only hits. So they've, they've tried all kinds of different things with star Wars. The only real hit they've really had is the, the Mandalorian. She was a popular star on there. And this kind of goes into the thing we were talking about Mike Anton about like, uh, is money that like is wokeness just a money thing well, I don't know. Um she was super popular and they basically run her out cuz they found out she was a Republican. And that's what's going to happen to this girl basically. Like uh, <laughs> y- you're not going to be a Republican and be allowed to be in the entertainment business. Uh, Gina Carano
3: ended up making uh, uh uh she's making movies for Ben Shapiro now. So yeah. I wonder like if that's, that's, what, that's what's going to happen to this girl.
1: That's pretty much what you can do. You know, once uh if Disney finds out you're a Republican, you can go Get on uh, Veggie Tales, or or uh, start working for um, who's the uh, who's the guy Adam Kroll works for? Dennis Prager. Uh, Prager, you? Oh, yeah. Prager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, and and you'll like Evangeline Lilly. She will go from uh, the Academy Awards to working for Dennis Prager.
3: Yeah. Um. Did you guys see too related to this? Cheryl Hines through. I first of all, <laughs> apparently, I live in like a closet. I did not know Cheryl Hines is married to RFK Jr but she threw him under the bus for comparing like the vaccine mandates to the Holocaust.
2: Yeah. She said that it was not, it was not appropriate and she doesn't figure <laughs> Yeah, like, like, You can just say nothing. If you're, if you're exactly if you're that right,
3: you don't have to throw your husband under the bus. And it's not like, I mean, you know, she's an actress. She does TV shows and stuff. I mean, I guess she was trying to, I don't know, uh, continue to get acting roles on television. I guess she felt compelled to do that she's long in the tooth role.
2: anyway her careers
3: yeah i mean i don't know what, she, what role she's going to get anymore at this point other than curb your enthusiasm and she's been on that show for a million years you know what i mean so i don't know
1: well i mean so how can you explain what david kaczynski did so yeah you know, that's just one of those things
2: <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll move on from that one I don't have a link, but someone in chat asked about it, and and I was curious as well. Alfredo, what what do you what do you think about this Biden announcement uh, about using executive action to regulate crypto?
3: Yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes. I mean, this is I mean, been doing this for but Bitcoin's been around 13 years now. It's been banned by China three different times. Uh, it's the United States has cracked down on it, countless numbers. So, I mean, I don't even really consider this particularly huge news. Um, what I imagine they'll do is like the, the real, the, I mean, I don't really give a shit about what happens to cryptocurrency. Uh, so, you know, you know, beyond Bitcoin, obviously. Right. So I imagine they're going to they're going to go after all like the outright scams, like, you know, NFTs and things like that. Because those are being used to launder money, right? So, like when you see like a lot of these sales where someone pays, you know, I don't know, a million dollars for some JPEG of an ape, um, I'm not saying this is true 100 percent of the time, but a lot of the time, there's money laundering there going on in the background, and they're going to want to
0: buy your out. own apes.
3: Yeah, right. There's that aspect to it too. So all that kind of shit. Like I, I imagine there'll they'll be stuff uh you know forthcoming beyond that we'll have to wait and see come out with before i can have any like you know particularly strong opinions one way or the other on that what is more interesting that's been going on for like the past now i mean this may not hold and i would not be surprised if it doesn't hold when things start to get really bad but you know later in in the program here we'll talk a little bit about market we've seen over the past couple weeks because it's interesting not just from a not, it doesn't matter whether you own if you're in the market at all. I think it, there's some interesting tea leaves to read there about, you know, where the economy is going in specific sectors. But that aside, over that time period, one thing we've also saw seen, excuse me, is, you know, uh, cryptocurrency has start, sort of stayed connected to the NASDAQ in terms of when the NASDAQ falls, cryptocurrency broadly is falling. That has not does not seem to be universally the case with Bitcoin anymore, right? Like today, the NASDAQ had a horrible day today. Uh, Bitcoin is up about 5% today. So that's unusual, and it's not the only day where that's— it's historically unusual, but that's not the only day that that's happened. Now, we would expect, right, the theory is if you believe in a long-term adoption for Bitcoin, that that would start to happen more and more frequently. I'm not saying that that pattern is— today or this year it may be too early for that when when risk appetite gets really low we may see we start to see that correlation come back but the fact that even over the past few weeks when there's been a huge amount of market turns that that there's been that disconnect it's a little bit interesting something to keep an eye on
2: yeah my favorite conspiracy theory has always been that all high-end art is just money laundering
3: like you know, yeah i've heard need. that one a lot i don't know enough about art to know if it's true but that's a common one yeah
2: I have a quick one. I don't think I, I don't think we covered it before, but stop me if we did. This was news last week, but we didn't begin to talk about it because we uh we we skipped Tuesday. Uh the res, you, you, everyone remembers the score about the mass graves at the residential school how they were just murdering uh, native children, you know, it hit a, a horrible clip. Uh, it turns out that the mass graves that <laughs> were were uh, <laughs> they never found any mass graves? They, I guess, used ground penetrating radar, and they saw something that looked like it could have been a mass grave, and that was the basis for this entire story. And uh, we're like, what? Uh, how many? How many dozens of churches were were burnt down? And uh, there was a huge religious conflict in Canada, right? The, the, the whole story uh, is apparently completely made up.
1: The dirtbags were defending this story very strong. If you made any kind of side comments about this, that this sounded kind of fake, they just went nuts. Like uh, maybe because they knew. I mean, I don't, I wonder if I would be one of those guys that burned burning the church in my back of my mind. Like this was really like a weird LIDAR scan. And then afterwards they said that the guy running the LIDAR scan, he put the wrong numbers in the machine or something. And um, yeah, they don't have any grades. They don't have any.
2: I, I told you guys this. This story like reminded me that no matter no matter how cynical I think that I am about politics, I'm not cynical enough because when I first heard the story, I thought, well, you know, probably what happened was they found these bodies from like these people over the course of you know fifty or sixty years. You know, after all that time, you probably would have a certain number of, of people who would die and that's what this was it never occurred to me that, that there just wasn't even a grave like that, that was just totally, like that's that's almost but it shouldn't have because as soon as i said that fredo piped in was like yeah kind of you know all the the bodies in tulsa that they, they've never quite found but they're sure that exist like wait I mean, of course they're just gonna going forward you just have to expect they're just gonna lie about this stuff like third world style it's just not we're not even we're not even getting into the like oh that's a matter of perspective anymore they're just gonna make stuff up
3: well and demanding evidence is usually itself sort of another right word for it like if you like if you yeah right it's immoral or it's like a sign of being a bad citizen it's like it's you know it's almost like uh, you know, if this was like the Soviet Union, it would be like you're you're a bad comrade or something, or a bad communist.
1: So, when the comment says because of this, uh, because of the mass graves, uh, Canada is going to get fifty percent of its budget as a settlement.
3: Several several
2: billion dollars changed. Uh, yeah, like there was like a settlement with one of these native groups. It was like I think it three three billion dollars or something crazy like that. It was a lot of money. It's like there was a financial incentive to do this.
1: I I I don't think they're going to get their money back. By the way.
3: It's hard to get it back once it's gone, man.
1: Hit hit that hit that button. Uh, I'm sorry, what's I'm, up? Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, <clears throat> Dover cues. The firm struggling with Brexit red tape. As they approach into Dover, there are cues and cues of lorries parked in one lane of the A1 A20 stretching back for miles they're being held along this road to avoid congestion in the town as they wait to aboard ferries across the channel queues are not uncommon close to britain's main trading hub with the eu but they've been really long in recent week and there are just miles and miles of trucks uh sorry i said lori we use truck here uh uh there's just miles and miles of trucks waiting in dover i wonder if tinkzorg had anything on this. i wanted to cover the problem is we have European guests. I wanted to hit some European news, but we're at the one moment in time where there's literally no other European news. Story yeah, there's nothing
0: happening in Europe right now. You're right. Aside yeah. <laughs> from, the, from the war that's about to start. Yeah, I mean... Wait, so so what was the question? Is this part
1: of the same kind of thing we're seeing in America, or is this just uh, there's just a couple of trucks in Dover?
0: Uh... I mean, the UK has particular issues with the um, like they had the huge fuel shortage, for example, um, a couple of months ago, where um, I think I think that like Brexit actually did cause some 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 problems, because in Europe, like we're, we're not at the American level where it's just, you know, outright slavery in terms of the trucking business near the ports Uh, but there's been a lot of sort of EU uh, migrant workers um, doing that sort of stuff so this might be a continuation of, of those earlier sort of structural systemic problems for the UK I don't really know so I can't really say anything like authoritative on the subject
1: well, I guess here's here's where my thought was. So right now, and I think I don't know if you can announce it, Merrick, but we're going to have a real special thing going on next week for the uh, the Canadian trucker strike protest.
2: Yeah, we're going to talk to our senior transportation analyst. Going who to be will be
1: who will be there at the at at the at the thing?
2: I can I can throw out a little teaser for this. I, I talked to our senior transportation analyst today, and I asked like you know there were a lot of numbers thrown out. How many trucks are involved in this? convoy and uh the analyst told me that he had talked to people who organized it and they said that minimum this also includes like you know pickup trucks and personal vehicles It's not all big rigs but like it, it, it minimum thirty seven thousand be involved in it so that, that's what the, that's what the organizers are saying we've got that
1: going on and people may notice so i uh i don't know it's kind of like a i never announce anyone that's going to be on their show, they can announce it. But, they, but like, unless I'm paying someone, I don't want to announce someone's going to be on our show. You know what I'm saying? That's just mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a way I feel about it. Um, <clears throat> so that's going on.
3: Well, I, one one interesting thing about that, too, before you move on from that, I read today that the GoFundMe for the, the trucker caravan in Canada raised six million. Six, $6.3 million. The NDP, the federal NDP, which is one of their major parties in Canada, over the last year has raised six point two million so the trucker caravan has actually out fundraised the end
1: this is something Tinkzorg has been hammering is that that the trucks may be the bottleneck and, but so you got you got that's going on in Canada in Ireland we saw a massive truck protest in December. I think that was resolved, but you know so then whenever I see in the news and this is sometimes a uh, not right, but I see in news yeah the trucks aren't leaving Dover United Kingdom my brain goes there but you know it makes you think like you know forget like uh international workers party you just need a freaking trucker party really it's it's you know what I'm <laughs> saying it seems like the truckers are the productive workers for the modern industrial modern industrial force I always thought about this because like um you know in military uh if you if you if you study weapons at all like uh machine guns and stuff you will see that there's like the main weapon it's like the ar-15 or the m1 grand in world war ii but like this the most weapons that are developed are basically developed for truck truck and the military because the military is the same thing as military logistics is the same thing as these kinds of, uh this is kind of this is why i like um United, the, the Royal Navy basically invented postal service, I believe, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, so like, I don't know if you're into weapons. So, uh, you know, what was the World War II American, uh, the M1 truck? carbine, right? M1 carbine. And then, you know, in the eighties, we had the, uh, HK MP seven stuff, but basically like, and you're like, why would they just invent machine guns just for truck drivers? Well, truck drivers are really freaking important. It's like delivering stuff to the battlefield is how you win.
0: And yeah, and, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, but you know, when you're in the left, and 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 you know, I wasn't part of the left like you know, decades and decades like these like red diaper babies. But I mean, half a decade, six years or something from when I was you know 18 to like 25, something like that. But one of the things you're sort of taught by osmosis is that, like, oh man, like the good old days. If only they could come back when you had these huge um, corporatist uh, union structures, like the AFL-CIO in its glory days, and Jimmy Hoffa and his Teamsters, and and you know, because that world is gone, that's why the left is so weak. But the problem is that you know these last few years have really illustrated just how wrong and stupid that. Um, historical conception is for a simple reason like you know what really matters in in politics and when it comes to power like power is just the ability to um, achieve the side ends and so at this point we're living in a society where if like a single group of workers like the trucker if they don't show up to work everything collapses which means that like if you have that group on your side and like you have some sort of uh, organizational model where you can really like leverage that critical position in the the global economy and the the local economy like you can go incredibly far because you you hold society by the throat and and with this sort of trucker caravan you, you see some like leftist creep out of the fucking woodwork going oh, well, you know, the, the proletariat, they finally managed to do something on their own without their leadership, which is good, but now it's time for us to assume a leadership position. Like, good luck with that. But, but you know, even these snakes realize that these, pow- these people have an incredible amount of that, like, people have been sleeping on for a very long time. This
1: is one of the reasons why, if you're on the right, you should, the people on the left, because I don't, I you weren't in the left a long time, but I bet that this insight you had—it's a left-wing insight because I remember America when we were young. The parts of the left that I really liked was one of the things that was like it would just—it speaks to you if you're a young man—was the picture on Time magazine with Jimmy Hoffa, and he's leaned up against next to an eighteen-wheeler. Hell yeah! And it's and it says, uh, "Our truckers going to." you know, cause a revolution or something like that. And this was, this was, who was the gay guy that started this FBI?
2: <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover.
1: <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover.
2: <laughs> that was going to be the best bog moment ever so far.
1: I, 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 how else would you describe it?
2: <laughs> Famous LGTB investigator, J. Edgar Hoover, continue, sorry. Yeah,
1: so J. Edgar Hoover, he, like, the way like when he his job was to keep basically communists from taking over the united states and what he said was what he described is like i don't know if he ever specifically described this but it was described that like the main way they were afraid of this happening was there was there being a revolution in the united states a revolution of throwing off the old order and taking over uh which uh in other words regime change and is um as uh, our friend uh, Curtis Yarvin says, uh, he's a student of regime change. Cause you know, if that's, that's the gold prize in politics is the regime change. Well, the way that they, that he was afraid that regime change would happen would be that somebody was going to organize mostly the truckers, but also the stevedores and the airline pilots, because then you basically decided what comes in and out of the United States. If you look now today, as we've seen the stevedores might've been an oversight that you don't even need them at all because they don't put stuff on the trucks And by the way. And then also at the airports, well, guess what? Who cares if you control the pilot, it's going to end up on a truck. It doesn't matter. The only, like the revolutionary class in the United States it is the trucker. It's just them. It's not anybody else.
2: They hold all the cars. Yeah, if there was one like one group of workers who actually could just stop business in the United States, it'd have to be them, right? I, I can't, I can't think of any of any. I other would one say
3: group. truck truckers number one, railwaymen number two. Yeah, it's still real long distance. Like if you want to get something across the country, I mean you can truck it. That's very expensive and difficult. Usually, it'll go most of the way on a train. You st- truck is still incredibly important because you need it for the lat what they call the last mile right which is not literally the last month you know from the train station to the shelf right but yeah, yeah.
1: Camusall says so i need to get my cdl to become a base revolutionary i know if you lived in the south people would definitely so uh the, smoking the bandit we always talk about smoking the bandit because smoking the bandit uh, by the way uh burt reynolds was a florida redneck um but smoking the bandit is about like uh, being a trucker, especially an owner-operator in the South, it's a prestigious job. It's cool. It's really cool. If you don't, uh, you can look up on YouTube. There's a channel called High Strong Vlogs. The guy is a redneck. He has a mullet. He is from the South, and but he's very popular. He's just a cool guy. I'm like, what people think what he does is cool, and all he does is drive. He's got videos on his channel of like 10 million views or whatever. It's literally just him driving an eighteen wheeler. Um, that that kind of culture, that kind of like we eighteen th- wheelers, just driving an eighteen wheeler is like being Han Solo or something. It, it, no,
2: it's like being John Wayne in stagecoach. You're you're like that. That's what is uniquely American about. Like, obviously, every country has truckers, but like that thing where it's a it's a it's a, it almost prestigious thing like you're you're one of the few cool locks remaining that like has any you can have any pride in your in in who you are like that's what it's because you're, you're like the guy you know you're riding shotgun on, on the stagecoach
1: there's no explanation for why owner-operators semi-truck guys a uh decorate them so beautifully b get them detailed all the time which they do they're you like uh like it really matters to them what they look like um, you shouldn't discount them. I remember we were talking one time about the Major League Baseball had had one of their top athletes got beamed in the head off. This is something that's like it's you can't really prevent like a pitcher from getting hit in the head with a hard line drive. It's just going to happen. Uh, but in this case, it was a it was a batter got beamed in the head by a baseball pitch.
2: David Wright, correct? Yeah,
1: yeah. No. And David Wright got hit in the head, and he had been hit a lot. And, and if you're a good hitter, you're going to choke up on the plate. And it's just like, if you if you play baseball for 20 years, you're going to eat seven or eight hard, hard fastballs to the dome. And what they have found is they invented a helmet that protects you 100%. The problem was the helmet looks stupid. It looked. It was really big. It looked like uh, Marvin the, Martian
2: or the Great Gazoo from the Flintstones.
1: Yeah, the
3: Great Gazoo is exactly what it looked like. It, it looked like that, and
1: they said we can't adopt it because it looks looks stupid. And be looking cool is part of being a, a part of being an athlete. Well, guess what? Being looking cool is part of being a trucker.
2: It is. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 move on to the let's move on to the last story. Oh. Again, I don't have any article. I'm just going to turn to Fredo and talk about what they'll happened with the markets, Fredo.
3: Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff the past couple of weeks. Uh, first of all, we've seen some of the biggest intraday swings that we've seen in 30, 40, 50 years. So an intraday swing means, you know, the market at one point during a single trading day was up by a lot. And then by the end of the day, it's down by a lot or vice versa. That's weird. Uh, like that should not be a thing that is happening on a frequent basis. It shows a lot of market confusion. Um, the other thing that's been going on that's kind of interesting is we're in a general, we're in a general downtrend, which is to be expected because the federal reserve has said that they're going to raise rates four times this year. Um, and the reason that that generally affects the, the market for people that, you know, are a little less familiar with this stuff. With the Federal Reserve, I'm going to like really simplify it right now. What they do is they print a bunch of money and they give it to all their friends and all their friends take this money and they go and buy up assets. The reason they do that is because when you print a bunch of money and you give it to your friends, once your friends start spending it, it gets out into the larger economy and it starts creating inflation. So if you're smart and you're one of these guys that's getting a bunch of newly printed money. Uh, you're going to go and you're going to buy stocks, bonds, real estate. I mean, this is why we saw stuff like BlackRock buying, you know, U.S. residential real estate all summer last year. Uh, You know, things like that driving up the prices. So that's a big part of the reason why the stock market, despite there supposedly being this deadly pandemic that was grinding the the world to a halt, the stock market was like totally disconnected from reality, right? The price continuing to crease. So what we're seeing now is finally the reversal of that. And there there's definitely, you know, some investors that are clinging to hope that they're not going to raise rates in the end as much as they say they are going to. I think that's a misfounded hope because of where we are, you know, inflation wise at this time. And that's why you're seeing some of these intraday swings. Um, You know, the market for a very short period of time will get hot. You know, there'll be like sort of a renewed hope and that'll sort of peter out. And the the downtrend the other the most interesting part about this is uh if you you know even if you just look at the top line numbers at the end of the day like on any on any financial news website you're gonna see like just go to cnbc.com you'll see the dow you'll see the s p 500 and the nasdaq um the dow and the nasdaq the the most people are probably aware of this but i'll explain it anyway the dow, Is an index of thirty blue chip stocks. They're like considered long time, long running, really solid companies like 3M. The Dow, right? Uh, Procter and Gamble has been a component of the Dow since 1930. Like those are the kind of companies that are typically in the Dow. Apple and Microsoft are in the Dow, but other than that, you don't see too many of what we would think of as like tech companies. Like you're not going to see Facebook or Netflix in there and like that. The Nasdaq Composite tends to be, tends to be very heavy on, you know, to use two examples I just gave, NASDAQ, Facebook, companies like that, uh, you know, tech sort of come. So what's happening is the market is decreasing. What we're seeing every day is the NASDAQ is falling much, much faster than the Dow. The Dow is sort of hanging in there. Um, and that's sort of an indication that, you know, my hypothesis on this is, you know, what a lot of these tech, well, this is not, all that controversial the first part what a lot of these tech companies do i think most people is junk right like it's netflix i mean whatever they produce some television this is not a company that should be a titan of industry in the united states right it's just sort of silly it's fueled uh, by it's,
2: cheap money right exactly
3: it's fueled by cheap money that's 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 exactly right and even companies that are producing tangible goods and services like amazon are like grossly overvalued. what they actually Um, so that's, that's what, what's going on here, I think is, you know, if you're an institutional investor, if you think the market's going to fall when, as rates go up, you're not just going to dump all of your, uh, you're not going to dump everything all at once, because if you own, if, if the number of, of securities you own is that high by you dumping everything all at once, you're going to crash the price and you don't want to do that. You'd rather sort of sell into the decline a little bit to try and get the best price you can as you're selling. Right. And if you're going to do that, you're going to sell your junk first, uh, and you're, and you'll sell your blue chip stocks last. Right. Cause that, that's just sort of a smart way to go about it. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing here. And I think that's why we're seeing specific sectors fall, fall faster than the overall market. You know, the Dow will stay flat. The S&P 500 will be down a little, but the NASDAQ will have like a significant, you know, a a much more significant downtrend. And then, you know, other thing, you know, to get even more granular with it, if you look at stuff like ARK, which is a well-known ETF that, um, what they do is they, they buy what they call innovation companies, basically crap, crap, basically companies that are selling garbage, like, uh, vaporware dreams stuff like that right it's run by, run by a woman called kathy wood um who is you know got very popular for a while for being you know at this great female stock picker um, she looks
2: like she's related to Crypt Keeper, too
3: yeah and what's funny now is Still so would. now that we're unwinding all this stuff a bunch of guys created their own etf called so ark is her company ark The Ark Innovation Fund is their most prominent ETF. Um, A bunch of guys. It launched uh, two months. I think two months ago, three months. uh, Launched an ETF called SARK for short. Ark. Basically, anything Kathy Wood buys, they short it. So it's like (laughs) that Seinfeld. Yeah, literally. I'm not making this up. It's like this Seinfeld episode where Costanza realizes all his impulses are wrong, so the opposite has to be right. (laughs) Yes. That's literally what the, their whole thing is that, I mean, that's, you can read the prospectus They they don't hide it. Like they, they literally just follow whatever she does. They just, they just short it. Um, so that, you know, that's where we're at right now. I, th- I think it is not unreasonable to think that the fake online economy is headed back down at least to pre-bat flu levels, which makes sense if you think about it, right? If we're winding down the bat flu world, shouldn't all these bizarre gains from these companies that produce garbage uh, that accumulated in bat flu world, you would expect to start to wind down once the interest rates went up. So I I, I think that's what I'd expect to see. Uh, In the interest of being ethical here, I will tell everyone you can take my words with a grain of salt because I am massively short the tech sector uh, and also uh, consumer products due to the supply chain stuff for those uh, we're not into finance stuff. When I say I'm massively short, that means when tech stocks go down in value uh, I make money or when consumer products, you know, stocks go down in value, I make
1: short thing here. Uh, someone says, <clears throat> um, whatever happened to streaming games out here? I remember hearing about that. Yep. It's coming. Uh, so you may notice we're not using the old. So uh, I don't know if you saw we've done two streams where Merrick has shown off the new stream software. And one of the reasons why I don't sound good right now is because, uh, I'm on a, a jank setup. Cause I'm moving, I'm building the studio. So we are definitely, uh, this is going to be, this is going to be the year of the good old boys. We're going to have a, a lot of shit planned, but definitely streaming games. We've got the game set up. We've got the stream. We've, we've got, we've got the games. Now we've got the stream, uh, technology. Yeah, it's just absolutely going to happen.
2: We, uh, and, and we, at, this, at any point, we could stream the uh, the board game that we were talking about. We have the stuff in place now. We just haven't actually done it yet. I I streamed basketball a few times. Uh, I don't know if people are actually interested in that though. But it's not quite his own brand. But we've got some other stuff yeah. planned.
1: A little bit behind schedule. So like I said, I was going to be moving two months ago. Well, I didn't. But now I'm moving. But uh, yeah,
2: yeah, and a little a little uh, a little housekeeping too. Somebody on Patreon had a question. I forgot to answer that question when we did our our recording with Tink Zorg, so I'll just cover it now because it's really easy. The person asked us, like, oh, why why was uh, Jim Claiborne going so heavy on the uh, voter reform bill? It seemed out of out of character to them because that's not you know his bread and butter. Like, why does he care about this this federal voting bill? Uh, quick quick answer to that. Uh, Jim Claiborne runs an ethnic patron's machine that benefits greatly the more power and money that flows into high-density areas because it benefits not only his machine but the national machine that, that feeds him. <laughs> so uh, anything, that's, anything that is anything that is going to help the Democratic Party win elections is going to allow Jim Claiborne to give uh, – to give more money to his friends and his clients, so that that that's the quick answer for that. Like, however, you're they're always going to be in lockstep on this issue because not only is this a good for the party, but as I said, that if you look through the bill, the way it was structured, some of the changes it made would have right now in the United States, and when it comes to like federal elections, or I guess even statewide elections. If you have control of a major urban center with this high population density, that gives you a big advantage because it's a lot easier for you to organize votes than it is, if say, your opponents uh, have lower, like have their voters in lower density areas. Uh, this bill would have made it not just easier, but like dirt simple. You could just uh, have NGO employees essentially go vote for people. Uh, that would have been huge if you're if you're Jim Clyburn. That would have been like golden you're never gonna have to worry about losing the national election again you're gonna have more goodies to give to your people you know uh, and not just your people but also you know the, the corporate interests whatever uh, it's, yeah, it's I mean, a being,
3: being in the majority is having the keys to the treasury right i mean it's it's pretty much that simple
2: yeah yeah well well it brings up a good point like the the, the, the the point that someone made to me was like what well, doesn't this hurt the legitimate like the legitimacy of elections which is the base of his power and the short answer to that would be Maybe, but he doesn't care because he's an old man. And uh, but the longer answer is probably, well, not really. If you were in the position where, like, you were part of a group of people that had outsized influence on a political party's, like, uh, who's going to be the nominees, uh, everything that happens, like, so let's say, who's going to be a Supreme Court justice. What if you had a lot of sway in that? You can get like the president of the United States to promise to appoint somebody from your particular group. To be a Supreme Court justice, aka like the biggest, le- the biggest, act, like de facto legislative body in America. Well, I mean that would be a pretty good, a pretty good deal. And, and anything that made it easier for you to win elections would be in your interest, no matter what. And if it caused <laughs> if it the it legitimacy problem, well, I mean, so what? You you've already ta- you've already ensured that your power is going to be. You know, there's, no, there's no one there's no one able to stand up to you unless things progressed far outside of electoral politics.
1: I, I you know I thought about this because it, it seems super obvious, but then I thought about it from their perspective. So one of the things that was interesting, uh someone posted like a map of like um what people listen to. Like uh if they listen to more than one podcast and we were like in the middle. So like we had like uh there are people that listen to Chapo Trap House and then they flip on good old boy. There are people that listen to like um uh, policy stuff by uh, right-wing think tanks, like they're listening to, like and American then they, mind, yeah, and then they flip on the good old boys. And so, you know, I thought about it that way because, like, could you imagine? Because if you think that, like, could you imagine like Chapo Trap House and they would have like um, a long-running segment where they analyze like, uh, like how good Lindsey Graham is at politics? Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that's something that, that we talked about that with Malcolm earlier. Like, that's something that really. Well, he's not on our team, right? Well, Jim well, that's, not a guy. well,
1: I know. But, you know, think about like, well, most politics stuff is activist stuff. So, like, they wouldn't talk about something you, you wouldn't like say like, ah, you know, we like how like what a uh, decision that, you know, uh, Rommel made in 42 or, the, <laughs> or, the, or, the, or that Stalin made in 43. Like, you, you just wouldn't do that outside of like, um, like advocating for it, which to me is mind boggling, like. I would I would just speaking for myself, I would not pay for activist content like I would not pay for someone to tell me who to vote for. That's just me Uh,
3: like, well, you know why they pay for it, though? It's because they what they're paying for is they're paying to feel good. Right. And they're they're actually not paying for someone to tell them who to vote for. They're paying for someone to repeat back to them like shit that they already believe. And or they're paying to stay on top of the latest high status opinions so that they know those opinions can adopt them them themselves and remain high status.
1: That makes sense because like like so like when we do our weekly show and stuff, like I give my opinions, but I never think like that anyone would be paying for my opinion uh, about like because you like you Mm -hmm. you know. I think thirty out six is pretty cool, you know. Like I like I like uh, women with a heavy chest. Like, well, who cares? Like that's that, that's not like me doing any work, but like uh, doing political analysis. Like there's there's some labor involved, but you know that's, that's oh, that
2: just remi- me. That reminds me, I, I forgot to put this up when we were talking about Ukraine. Oh, you yes. guys saw this, right, Dana? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even gonna read it because if you're if you're listening, and you're not. What, you you got to tune into the stream. Tell the joke, please. Danish Defense Minister Trine Bramson says her country would deplore four F-16 fighter jets to a nearby Lithuanian airbase.
1: Tell the joke.
2: Uh, What joke?
1: Uh, this is what you call the female version
2: of a. Oh sheet. damn it! Yes, yes, this is the female version of the schmedium shirt that Fredo was talking about.
1: So, uh, yeah, if you can't listen to this, there's a um a woman wearing a. Uh, there's a, a a thing that I think Fredo does this. If you're a guy with big muscles, you wear you 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 fit for a medium, but you wear a small, and the shirt. The, uh, Tom Fitton, Tom Fitton, which yeah. by the way, uh, he got banned from TikTok last week. What the hell did he do? I don't know. They're coming after Tom Fitton, but know anything about Tom Fitton? Uh, his shirts don't be fitting. Uh, he <laughs> wears smalls, and he should be wearing a medium. They call it smedium. This is a woman. But that button is hanging on for de- very <laughs> dear two life.
2: Are re- you, you know, you know how NFL films would mic up players, and you know, and they would do a <laughs> c- cut. You, you know what I'm talking about? They would do like a cut at the no. end of the year. There was this one where, like, the a referee was wearing a medium shirt, and I mean, he's showing off his guns. And they they pan over to like one of the players on the bench. He looks over. He goes, "I gotta be getting his shirts from the Baby Gap." That's what this defense minister has been doing.
1: Hmm. Defense minister.
2: Yeah. all right well uh did anybody uh, well i I actually afraid us on the show he was just the fed post just released the the new uh, new episode with him they
3: did uh, a two-part episode i i think the way it works is part one is free part two you have to pay for uh starts out with a half hour discussion about brian wilson that goes into a discussion about charles manson so (laughs) <laughs> you get some of my you get some opinions out of me that you don't get on the regular good old boys Tuesday night streams.
2: Damn, you got uh, you got strong opinions about the Beach
3: Boys. Yes, I do. Uh, well, first of all, you got to remember, I am a guy that really doesn't know jack shit about music. I can't read music. All I know is like what I like, right? But my controversial opinion that I've tweeted about this before is that the Beach Boys are far superior.
2: That's wrong, but I we'll, we'll agree with this. Okay, so yeah, so. And we have a, second-
3: a nice long discussion about that.
2: Nice. Yeah. That's like C- CRK probably agrees with you, right?
3: CRK was not super familiar with either <laughs> one of them. It was mostly me and Slav talking about that. CRK's best comment on the Beatles was, I'm quoting directly, they've got some bangers. What, what was Slav's position? Slav, uh, I don't, I think he, de- he was with me. Like, I don't know okay. that he took as hard a position as I did, but... We went. We kind of had a discussion around pet sounds. I mean, my take and my rationale, like the short, I won't spoil the Fed Post episode, I'll give you one sentence, is that the Beatles, like, there's the critically acclaimed stuff that's supposed to be so artistically great, but that's not the stuff that, like, regular normies know or, like, know off the top of their head, right? Like, they know Hard Day's Night and stuff like that, which I love those songs. They're great. The Beach Boys, like, can actually, particularly with pet sounds and the albums around before right before and right after pet sounds sort of melded those two things together you know what i mean like god yeah. only knows is not only like a normie popular song but it's like people who are into the artistry of music you know to use the trump term people are saying it's perhaps the greatest song of all time right so like that that's to me is why
0: i preferred those.
2: feel flows is the best song about depression which is like that's saying something because it's been a lot of-
0: yeah a uh, malcolm you got anything to show? Uh, not really, no.
2: Okay. Well, they uh, it, we'll, we're going to get the episode with Malcolm out soon. Uh, he and Bogbeef go buck wild talking about uh, fighting games. And I don't know. You were Was was there anime
0: in there too? I don't remember. No. This was an anime-free episode I for gotcha. you who cool. f- so don't like that sort of thing. I, 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 oh, Malcolm,
2: Malcolm. Malcolm. Malcolm.
0: Settle down, buddy. Oh, All right, I went well, that in the British sense. Talking the the MiG-15,
2: right? Yeah, airplane chat. Okay, everybody, large
3: thanks. For- large of sticks. <laughs>
2: <Everybody>, <laughs> thanks for joining
3: us tonight. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Making their way the only way they know how. Let's just